Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stuff I've Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. Yes, and welcome to another happy hour. I feel like every time I do this, I have that real like weird podcaster voice that's a skit on SNL. Welcome to another hour of happy hour brought to you by Sminty. That works. That works. <laughs> anyway, welcome. Yes. We are not talking about that. And yes, everybody, cheers. Hope you are doing well. Just a reminder, we are not typically sponsored for specific alcohols that we're talking about. We are sponsored yes. in general, as you've heard the many ads, <laughs> many ads that we have, but not by the companies that we are talking about usually. If we ever do, we'll let you know for sure. Yes. Mm-hmm. And if you are drinking an alcoholic adult beverage... Please drink responsibly. Yes. But if her, you know, I suppose any beverage, drink responsibly. Any be- beverage. <laughs> you know, as Annie would uh, attest, she can't drink too much caffeine. We, oh are, my we get goodness, into trouble no. <laughs> when we, when she does I was this. vibrating and, <laughs> so hard. <laughs> just trying yes, to just lay in bed at night like, Ooh. <laughs> I've been there. I've been there where my eyes are tired, but my heart is racing, and I right. hate that feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Me too. But anyway, today yes. we are actually going to feature the lovely wines from Love Corkscrew Entertainment, LCS. And their founder is Krishan Lampley, who started this brand as a blog and radio show that eventually expanded to her wine and uh, other products. I think they have some candles and all this the other neat stuff. And she has been a part of this industry for over 15 years, but she didn't actually start her own brand until 2014, but still been around for a while. And she has grown exponentially. She is uh, nationwide. You can get it, I believe, at some Targets, Whole Foods, all kinds of places. So it's out there. And yes, today we are drinking two different sets of wines. Am I correct? What are you drinking? Yes. I am drinking a red uh, Cabernet Sauvignon called We're Moving On Up, which I don't know if you know this, Samantha, but I have a, we talked recently about words that kind of like trip you up and you have a fear around them. One of mine is Cabernet Sauvignon. And a lot of times I say Cab Sav, but it's not because I think it's cool or anything. It's just safety you don't precaution. Want to say so. <laughs> I, I do the same thing. And I am drinking the In Too Deep Vino Blanco. And by the way, these uh, labels are super cute and super fun. Mm-hmm. And you need to check it out. As in fact, let me go ahead and pour my glass. Let's see how this sounds. Oh, God. Sounded nice. That oh god was because I just spilled some in my lap. <laughs> you handled it like a champ. You handled it like a champ. <laughs> um, I have a blanket on me, so it went into my blanket. So I guess what needs to be washed because it smells like wine now. <laughs> yeah, uh, and just to talk a little bit more about uh, Lampley while we're tasting our beverage, she's been an advocate within the wine industry and has been pushing for more diversity and has been mentoring others to open doors for more women of color. And she has been obviously in a lot of press because of the company that she has. As stated on the Love Corkscrew site, less than 1% of wine industry negotiants are Black women. And that the LLC has transformed the industry as the first Black woman-owned wine to launch whimsical labels. 
this is all in their site. And it's true. It does have really cute whimsical labels and all the names are very cute indeed. And yeah, mine is, like I said, Into Deep and it is a Vino Blanco. So, oh, this is really tasty. So I've really gotten into like the effervescent white wines. Mm-hmm. I don't want it to be too dry. I, I, I don't love that. This is labeled as a drier white wine, but it is a brute style. So it is very reminiscent of a champagne or a Prosecco type of level. And yeah, I definitely taste a lot of fruits. I taste pear in this and it's quite delightful. Maybe I'm off, very crispy. And it reminds me of summer, a lot of summer. I feel like I'm, I need to be sitting out on a patio looking towards the mountains. This is that type of wine. Not even a beach wine. It's like a mountain white wine. Um, And from their own description, it says, Vino Blanco, a brute-style white wine with aromas of green apple and grapefruit. Didn't call either one of that. This (laughs) wine is classically balanced, lightly effervescent, refreshingly soft yet dry. And yeah, it is very soft in that that the dryness is not overwhelming. The tannins aren't coating my tongue. And they also keep saying, this is followed by bursts of complexity and character accented with a touch of crisp notes to finish off the clean elegance of this varietal. And I agree. (laughs) I like your your wine reading description voice is a different one too. It's close. It's in the same vein, but not quite the same. I'm trying Mm -hmm. to be sophisticated as if I'm in the cabins of a mountain because I only go there because I'm from the city and would not live there. that's what sophisticated is. I don't know. Samantha knows (laughs) I recently was told by an advertiser who shall remain nameless that I am not sophisticated. And I don't know what to make of that. (laughs) They really wanted you to say that you sat in your armchair next to your fireplace with a pipe Uh sipping on a glass of... So-and-so. If only they could see my apartment, then perhaps they never would have asked me to try to be sophisticated. (laughs) I mean, can we just say that about most people? Like, the level of people who you think drink this? Not true. (laughs) We'll leave that mystery up to you, listeners. I can neither confirm nor deny what it is. And it's not this company. (laughs) No, it's not this company. It absolutely is not this company. I am drinking, though we're moving on up, Cabernet Sauvignon. And it's really nice. It feels like when you first have it, it's like kind of a push-pull of, for me at least, because I do typically drink red wine over white, and I typically drink uh, drier red over sweeter reds. Um, So when you first taste it, it feels like it might be a lot sweeter, and then it doesn't, and then it feels like it's going to be more bitter, and then it's not. So it's kind of like a fun um, surprise, or like you're not really anticipating for me, like, oh, this yeah. is not what I thought it was going to be. And I don't like it when people use the term easy drinking. I don't mind it, but I feel like it's a wide, can it mean a, a lot of things, but it is. It's like a nice, kind of smooth, fruity light. It's not got too much tannins either. It doesn't really coat your mouth or anything like that. Right. So it is. It is easy drinking. From their description, 2016 Cabernet Sauvignon is smooth yet complex with aromas of cedar box, dried tobacco leaves, and mission fig, coupled with top flavors of black cherry, sugar plum, and a hint of vanilla. Enjoy it with steak, beef stew, pot roast, grilled veal, or lamb. Do you eat veal? I've never bought it and made it for myself. I'm sure I've probably had it at some point, but it's not something I would normally order. And I've definitely never made it or bought it. Right. (laughs) Veal makes me sad. 
I will say that's yeah. one of those movies. I'm like, no, I can't. What was so funny is when I went on a date, my mm. first date, and by the way, when I say my first date, probably my only date, no, my first date ever, actual first uh-huh. date outside of just like being with friends with someone and going out and inadvertently realizing, oh, this is a date, cool, but they didn't pay for me. We all split. Mm-hmm. Like it didn't make sense. But this was like a, like we met online, met for the first time, went for lunch. And at the restaurant, he, I, he knew I was a vegetarian. Didn't know why. At that point in time, I was not eating meat. And it was a conscientious choice. And tried like, I, you know, there's a lot of bad reports, all these things. Health-wise, I just really want to try these things. And he didn't know why. But, you know, it's kind of one of those things that you would think, etiquette-wise, we yeah. went and he ordered veal. And I was like, wow. Wow. Probably one of the least uh, politically correct meats that could be out mm-hmm. there. And you mm-hmm. ordered veal. Wow. Like, yeah, that's a statement. That's right. A and that test. obviously, it, it was one of those moments of like, oh, this means he does not care about me whatsoever. Like, he's right. not interested. Because if he wanted to impress me, he would try right. on one of those yeah. things. And it obviously wow. wasn't him trying. But all this does lead me to think, because my wine specifically, and just like this, this all happened to me like during summer times. And mm-hmm. I just wondered, like, it's been a while. That we've, I've actually had a separation. Like, I know when it's summertime. Yeah. But typically, vacations for me don't happen on summertime. Uh, I would rather mm-hmm. take it around my birthday, which would be fall, or whenever right. you have available. And then you have, you know, Christmas times when we're off. And so people try to be convenient and put it all their time together so that they can have a longer extension. Mm-hmm. So summertime is such a, like, foreign concept to me other than weather, right? Because... right. It's been there, but I just wanted to kind of go down. Do you have a fun childhood summertime memory that you knew distinctly was summertime? I do. And I actually was going to bring this up on one of my happy hours because I do think for a lot of us not in especially like the school system, I have friends who are teachers. And so they still have that kind of like summertime. Like if you ask me right now, my favorite month is fall and summer might be my least favorite month. (laughs) But when I was a kid, oh, summer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, season-wise, temperature-wise, I don't really like summer. But when I was a kid, you got that time off. And for us, we were lucky enough where I did have access to, you've been now, uh, my grandparents' beach house. And we would go probably every summer. And and like you, I mean, we didn't vacation. Like, we didn't go to Florida or D.C. or wherever. We went to that house, which is still... I do not, that is a great privilege and I am so happy that I had it. But it was so fun because every day would be so active and um, we would go and like I would go tubing and swimming and build sandcastles and exploring and just have all these really fun memories of it. And every meal tasting like the best meal that you've ever had. Right. And like ice cream, even though you know it's like not different than the ice cream you have back at home, it's somehow so much better. Right. <laughs> Yeah, and I have a lot of memories like that. And I've actually been going down that memory lane of like, I used to have friends that I would meet over there and they were like my summer friends and we would get into all kinds of shenanigans over the summer. And I think I was thinking about that because on my recent beach trip I took with my friends, which is to the same house, we did our Summer Olympics. And it it just felt so much, like I felt so young when we're mm-hmm. having like a water balloon fight. And it, it just brought me back to those memories of being a kid and just feeling so light and like, this is just so fun and being in that moment. Right. Um, which is hard for me to do a lot of because I'm always thinking about, well, I need to do this or I need to do this or I need to do this. Right. So that's kind of for me when I think of summer, especially being a kid, that was that was the epitome. Mm-hmm. That was- 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I think there's so many levels of the implications of summertime. So for me as a child, when I came into the U.S., when I first came into the U.S., my uncle, my adoptive uncle, was the manager of the city pool. So I had access for free all summer Mm. long to this pool. And I went every single day to the point that my parents would just drop me off and come get me like several hours later because that Mm -hmm. was the babysitting. And I thought about this too for my mother, how hard it must have been for her because Without school, and we've talked about this with uh, the pandemic stuff, that being home is a whole different story, having to entertain your kids, having to be there and not having access to daycare. But my mom, that was the daycare that she could do because at least there were lifeguards there. And then my older brother would be there as well. So hopefully he would keep an eye on me. And because I was a fairly responsible kid. I didn't just leave. Uh, but of course, mm-hmm. I'd also been there after it closed and have to wait outside the fence, wait for my mom. If my uncle yeah. didn't take me to my uh, my grandparents' house, that happened a lot too. But yeah, there's this whole implication of like how beautiful it is, but you think back on it and you're like, man, how did my mom handle me being home? Because as I got older, my uncle stopped being the manager. So I just stayed at home and they couldn't afford uh camps. They couldn't afford the vacations. And and my dad maybe could get a week off at a time. We talked about our vacation habits. Um, it was rare. So I would just sit at home watching, my distinct memories are watching Anna Green Gables uh-huh. and or reading all day. That was it. That was what I did. And those are the memories that I had. And I wonder what it was like for my mom who watched me just like getting sulkier and sulkier. And I wouldn't see my friends. I actually, I, I miss school. Mm. It's like because I couldn't see them. And therefore, mm-hmm. it was just me and my brother. My brother would go, uh, like, we would go hang out with people. Like, we would go and spend the night with people. And every now and then, the people would take me on vacation with them. So it was really lovely. Yeah. Uh, or mm-hmm. hang out in places with them. But like the back and forth of like, wow, this is a weird childhood in comparison to a lot more people. Because I also, once again, lived in a rural area. So I couldn't just walk to someone's house. I couldn't walk to right. my friend. I didn't have friends that were neighbors. I did not, that did right. not exist. My neighbor was my grandfather and my great aunt who couldn't mm. go any you know mm. well they were not gonna play like I went down right. there they gave me candy I went back home like it was a <laughs> lot of that was happening but that was it and so it was mm. really interesting to think on like these are really good memories but also weird memories of like huh yeah and of course coming back to school and having the comparison of like kids telling me they went to the beach houses or the kids telling me they went to Disney World I'm like I stayed at home and yeah. watched it at Green Gables and gained 20 pounds because all I did was eat noodles in front of my TV. <laughs> hey. Mm-hmm. This could and be, my yeah. TV was very limited mm-hmm. because I didn't have cable until I was a teenager mm-hmm. in high school. Y'all, yeah. I was really sheltered. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, as an adult, having memories like now, trying to trying to do some things. It's been interesting in differentiating summer. Like, I've tried to enjoy the pool, but then again, that same issues of like body issues. I didn't want to go to a pool. Right. Because I didn't want to wear a bathing suit. Like, it, mm-hmm. I'm having a real back and forth here, y'all. You are. You are. Yeah. It's the line. I'm just playing. No. <laughs> but there's like a lot of conversations of like, what is good, what is bad. And then yeah. me who worked in, again, social work, summertime was really dangerous. That was really, because yeah. that's when I had to go to the houses, personally go to the houses more than I could. Because at schools, I could see them at schools and hear what's going on, have teachers tell me what's going on, and have school officials tell me what's going mm-hmm. on and get a lot of answers. But instead, I had to go to their homes. Yeah. That was not a fun time, y'all. 
Yeah, yeah. And that's, I mean, a much (laughs) wider issue than perhaps this happy hour can contain because it's true. Like if you didn't have the means for whatever reason for childcare or, yeah, and, and your summer might be, it wouldn't be like for me where I was like, oh, thank God school is done. And I was really lucky that I had, my best friend was my neighbor. So even if I wasn't going anywhere, like every day we were biking or every day we were rollerblading like outside all the time. And yeah, if you don't have those options for whatever reason, then it's not going to be like something you look forward to necessarily. And so I look back really fondly and I'm very grateful that I had those and the the love I had for it was so much that even now when I hate, like right now I'm sweating while I'm working in my apartment um, in the summer in Atlanta. I still have a fondness for summer, even though I do think weather-wise it's my least favorite month. And I do like, like I still am like, I've got to get to the beach, it's summer. <laughs> even right. if I, I have the body issues or whatever it is, I'm right. still like, oh, it's, 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 the sun is out, I've got to go. <laughs> right. I mean, and again, I think the pandemic taught us a lot in, in the quarantine, is teaching us a lot. And unfortunately, climate change is teaching us too much mm. or not listening non- enough, rather. <laughs> but there's a lot to unpack with the indications of this feel-good idea, which is not necessarily true for everyone. But yeah. I'm, again, trying to be a Debbie Downer. I was trying to be really, really, like, have a fun time with this one. And all of, all of a sudden, I was like, wait, my <laughs> wasn't wonderful, so wait. Like, it wasn't horrible, but it wasn't wonderful, so, hmm, damn it. <laughs> but I need to hear more of what you did. So listeners, please send me all your childhood memories. Let me know what you did at the summertime because it's fascinating, the differentiations. Did you have what I would imagine would be the child youth novels that I would read about and wish for being Anne working in the fields with her favorite, you know, adoptive, I guess, uncle? I don't know what she called him at that point. You know, Matthew, her precious Matthew, or were you like me, stuck inside reading about it? Let me know. What did you do? <laughs> Samantha needs to know. I need to you know. Email us at stuffmediamomstuff at irmedia.com. You can find us on Instagram at stuff I've never told you or on Twitter at most of podcast. Thanks as always to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff I've never told you is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. <laughs> 